Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Brought to us by our friends at ByTheYard.net. By the Yard, that family-run business that makes the best patio furniture in the whole world. Good morning, Denny Long here. Mary Meyer is with us. Good morning, Mary. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Denny. Great to be here. Your family. If you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. Mary Meyer is a member of the faculty, horticultural science faculty member, Extension University of Minnesota. We are accepting all of your lawn and garden questions because Mary has to do all the hard work. (laughs) I just listen. Uh, Call in your lawn and garden question for Mary or send a text. We're already getting those. But if you want to talk to Mary personally, Call us, 651-989-9226, or send a text, 81807. I mentioned it early this morning. uh, We could talk lawns and gardens, and we do, 52 weeks a year here. Right? Yes, yes, that's right. We can. Um, sometimes our 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 focus shifts a little bit. Yeah. Uh, today, people might be thinking about more indoor things that they have. I thought we should talk for a minute about Christmas trees. Let's do morning. that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if many of our listeners know or realize that this was the first year that Amazon sold live Christmas trees. I did not know that. Yes. Now they sold out. So if you go to the Amazon now thinking, okay, I'll get my tree. It'll come in. You know, I'm a, I'm a prime member or something. I can get my tree. Yeah. Well, they sold out. And, of course, they were not growing the trees. They contracted with a big Christmas tree grower in North Carolina. But so it's they, out of state. Yes, yes. They were the, the bigger bigger production companies. Uh, there are a lot of them in the Carolinas. And uh, so it was interesting to see how this went because this is a big deal with live goods, with the perishable items that we have in yeah. horticulture as to how these products are going to sell online when we have big, dominant uh, online companies now. So it was interesting to see how it went for them. So this was the beginning, and this could be a very good thing. You know, there are still more live trees sold than there are artificial ones on an annual basis. So there's like, I think, 27 million or something trees that are live sold and 21 artificial now of course, that doesn't count people like myself who have an old artificial tree. <laughs> I keep putting it up every year, and I, I'm not yeah. even in the market anymore. But yeah. people love live trees. I'm hearing that more and more. I think yes. some of my colleagues were talking, taking questions, phone and text questions about that very thing. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to be a preponderance of live, fresh trees. Well, they smell good. Yeah. They, they're really – and people going to a Christmas tree farm with your kids, that's a fun thing to do yeah. with kids. It's nice. Uh, and so, yeah, it's it's great. And then uh, as gardeners, we can put them out and uh, near our bird feeders. They provide shelter for birds and True. so on afterwards. Yep. 
And then when you're done, when the winter is finally over here, uh, you can chop them up and use them for mulch. You can take them to your, your yard waste. In Hennepin County, there is a site that's open all the time. So even the day after Christmas, as long as the site is open uh, in December or January here in Hennepin County, you can take your tree to where it will be composted. I wonder how these online trees uh, are shipped and what kind of shape. Yes, I would think. (laughs) And what kind of shape they're in. Yes, of course, this is the issue. And um, right, they have to be shipped um, as quickly as possible. And, you know, uh, a Christmas tree, I think, is actually a good thing to start with online. It is actually kind of less perishable than some of our other horticulture green goods or products are because a tree is is fairly tough. Uh, Sometimes the trees that are in the yards at the YMCA or uh, scouts and so on that sell them, sometimes those trees have been cut for a while. And, of course, they're kept outside where it's cool. And, And so with shipping in the winter, it is cool, can be cool, but they have to do it very quickly. Otherwise, the things will deteriorate. You know, so different than, let's say, ordering shoes. I mean, if the shoes oh, come right, in and they're right. the wrong size, but what if they deliver you a uh, Charlie Brown Christmas? Right. How a do Charlie you return Brown that? Charlie Brown Christmas tree, probably you're not going to return it. Yeah. You're probably going to have some. Credit. I didn't, I, I'm not sure what the guarantee was or the warranty was uh, on this, but they were selling, I think it was a seven-foot Live Christmas tree. Wow. I mean, I know it was live. I think seven foot was it. They've sold some shorter ones, little ones before, but for the big one, uh, this this was year number one. So I think that we'll see more of that in the future, and um, our uh, horticultural businesses will figure out how to uh, minimize the damage and hopefully uh, get the pro. The products will be beautiful from our horticulture companies when they go in the box. Yes, it's just what happens when they're in transit and shipping and then where they get left. A Christmas tree could be okay left on your front door. Uh, it's quite different than a live poinsettia, something like that. All right. so, and then yeah. I presume uh, once you uh, order this tree and get it that you have to make a cut before yes, you put it in. It's right. There, thanks for reminding um, me about that. Yes. So the live Christmas trees stay better if you make a new fresh cut at the base of the trunk, take off at least an inch and then that will um, remove the part that's plugged up with all the resins and everything. And then the um, vascular system can uptake that water. And uh, Christmas trees are alive, and they take up a they lot of water. They drink a lot, don't they? Like yeah. a quart a day. Wow. So you need a large reservoir for, to hold the water, and you need to put the water on there every day when they're uh, inside your Don't home. let it dry out. Yeah. Right. Don't let it dry out. Give us a call if you have. I was thinking some folks may have already received a holiday plant, maybe at oh, Thanksgiving, yes. or we'll yes. talk about that too. But if you do have any kind of a lawn or garden question, yeah, we'll talk lawns. We can do that. Yes, we, we I was, talk any, any growing plant. Absolutely. <laughs> Call us, 651-989-9226, or send us a text at 81807. A text came in this morning, just a bit ago, Mary, and said, and I've never heard of this. I've heard of Creeping Charlie, certainly. But this texter says, what's the difference between Creeping Charlie and Creeping Jenny? 
Oh, the wonder of common names, right? Yeah. <laughs> what is that plant? So Creeping Jenny is totally different. That's Lysimachia. That's a ground cover, which is more of an ornamental, a plant that is not um, native or naturalized here in Minnesota. It's kind of a light green color and has yellow flowers, a very low growing, very similar growth habit to uh, Creeping I- Creeping Charlie, uh, but nowhere near as invasive. But it it, it can be uh, fairly aggressive. Just a totally different plant. Okay, very good. Tell you what, let's do it. Let's uh, time for a break. Let's invite our listeners to join in on the conversation. If you want to have a question uh, delivered to Mary, text it in. That number is eight one eight zero seven. Don't wait now because, as Mary knows. A lot of folks wait to the end of the show, and then it's too late. So call it in, text it in right now, and we'll uh, we'll give you some answers. 651-989-9226. Text again is 81807. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota, helping you out uh, by phone and by text. If you have a question, don't wait. As I said earlier, we always tend to get busy and sometimes can't answer all the questions. So call it in or text it in, 651-989-9226. Text, again, is 81807. Mary, uh, John is calling, I believe, from Cologne with a question. John, good morning. You're on CCO with Mary. Good morning. Morning. Um, we've seen a, it's a new plant that I've never seen before last year. It's a vine it's kind of a real light green color and has like a white flower and it grows like crazy. I mean, it just takes things over. Do you know what that is? No, John, I don't with that description, but if you could send me a picture of it, I'd be happy to try to identify it for you. So is this something you saw at a garden center or you're seeing in the wild? In the wild. I mean, it, it, it took over in, in like in our grove around our house. Uh, in, uh, my wife's flower oh, bed. Okay, I I think yeah, I think there are, there's a morning glory. There's also a wild cucumber vine. So um, if you uh, Google that vine, white flowers, aggressive growth, extension, I think you'll come up with the pictures. Mm. But again, I'm happy to identify uh, the uh, the plant if you send me a picture, um, or if you send it to Ask a Master Gardener, that's our online uh, answering service that's uh, Ask an Expert on the website, extension.umn.edu. But uh, we did have a number of aggressive ones last year, and we did write articles about those in the Yard and Garden newsletter, uh, the blog with pictures. So there are two or three, and um, yes, we can figure that out for you. But there are aggressive vines that are out there, aren't there? Yes, there are. And and last fall, we saw a number of those, and especially once they started to, um, at, even after the flowers, it was the fruit sometimes that was more conspicuous, the way the, mm. the fruit uh, showed up. So you're right. All right, very good. 651-989-9226, text 81807. We'll pick up on those in a moment. But I believe David is calling in from Bloomington. David, you're on CCO with Mary. Uh, hi. Uh, we have a natural Christmas tree, and uh, I have heard that if you add sugar to the water, uh, it helps the tree survive. I don't know if that's true or not. 
most of the all, all the work that has shown uh, that not to be helpful. Mm. So uh, it is helpful for cut flowers. So cut flowers, we know that um, additional carbohydrates in the water and an antibacterial agent, that's what's in those preservatives. They do make a big difference with cut flowers. But with Christmas trees, the research has shown just plain water is still the best thing. There is no significant difference in how long the tree will last if you use sugar or 7-Up or Sprite um, in the water. Okay. A texter wants to know that previous caller about the vine, wondering could it be a wild cucumber? Yes, that's one of the options that it could be, oh, okay. and that's the one that has the cons- uh, the conspicuous um, fruits on it that we see, and it was very noticeable uh, this fall. So we did some articles on that, and I think you'll be be able to find pictures of it online. Is there such a thing, Mary? Is a texter says a money plant or a money tree, and if it, how large do they get? Well, there's a money plant that has uh, kind of an everlasting seed pod that's really interesting. It's a very, very flat seed pod. It kind of looks like a silver dollar, the size and shape of what a silver dollar would look like. Uh, Luminaria, I think, is the um, botanical name for that. But money plant is the common name for it. Um, it's, I think it's an annual. I, have a, I grew that as a kid. You did? Yeah, it was so fun to grow as a kid because it had multiple of these flat, uh, funny-looking seed pods on, and it's used mostly as um, an everlasting plant in cut, uh, dried arrangements. Hmm. But I haven't thought about that plant for years, so interesting (laughs) for growing that. Yeah, money plant, not money tree, money plant, because it's small. It's, uh, you know, two feet or less. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wonder if this isn't a a, a great way to talk about the website because the text says, what is your favorite narrow border tree? Narrow border tree. So probably um, the Arborvita, one of the upright selections of Arborvita or an upright U. Um, It's interesting because uh, you can make an espaliered apple tree or fruit tree uh, and that can be a very narrow border tree. That would be deciduous instead of evergreen. But you're right. On the website, uh, Julie Weisenhorn has worked a lot on the website for the uh, database that we have there for the plant finders in finding what plant will work in difficult situations or tailored specifically to your garden uh, if you have dry shade or if you have wet shade, if you have um, uh, very uh, clay soil. You can put those characteristics in and then search for what plants would work in those sites. It really is a great website. Thanks to Julie yes, for that, so, too. Everybody so involved. Much work. Julie does a huge amount of the work on the website. Yeah, right. it's great. Uh, I'll tell you what, I want to give the phone number. When we uh, but Let's talk a little bit about what's going on at the Arboretum. This is a great time of year. Oh, 651-989-9226. Wow. Call in your lawn or garden question, or if it's easier, send Mary a text, 81807. What is going on there? So Winter Lights is on now at the Arboretum. This is a huge Christmas lighting display. There are 14 different separate displays around the Arboretum. Nice walking distance around the main building behind in the gardens and out on the hill where we had the pumpkin house. We now have a s'more village and a huge lit uh, windmill. So it's wonderful lighting, great fun for the kids. Uh, You can take a nice walk outside. 
And see all those lights, that's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday evenings uh, from 5 to 9 p.m. There is no additional uh, charge after you pay the gate fee. So if you're a member, mm. it's, this is a free thing for members. So 5 to 9 um, tonight, a wonderful night to go see that. Other than Christmas Day, it will be on through January 6th. But check the website. It's not every night, but it's the, the weekend nights and then some nights during the Christmas um New Year's uh, week they'll be on, but a beautiful display, just really lovely. It's a fabulous destination for this time, any time of year. But, I mean, when family and friends are visiting, take them to the Arboretum. Take them to the Arboretum. And then inside, I forgot to mention, inside, if you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I can survive the outside, inside (laughs) is the 24-foot poinsettia Christmas tree. So 24 wow. feet tall poinsettia Christmas tree. That's lovely and wonderful displays, lighted displays in the conservatory. So you can go inside, uh, have a glass of wine, uh, have a hot beverage, uh, go to some more village. Take your kids to some more village. You can buy some moors there and um, have a great time at the Arboretum. All right. And to get there, well, west on 5? West on Highway 5, just west of the intersection of 41 and 5. Easy to get to. Mary, hang on. We'll take our uh, usual break, but we have more show to come. In fact, we have another half hour of the show to go. So if you did not get your questions answered the first half hour, call it. In or text it in, 651-989-9226, or text at 81807. Uh, Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with uh, Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota answering your questions. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, you want to chat with Mary, either by phone, which is 651-989-9226, or send a text, 81807. Let's go back to the phones, Mary. Joe is calling in from St. James, I believe. Joe, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a question. I have a 40-acre cattle pasture that my cottonwood trees are dying from being too wet ground. I'm looking for an option to plant back in to get shade for my livestock again. And uh, I was told that black locust trees would be a good option, but I just wanted to get a second opinion, I guess. Yes, um, good. Good for you, Joe. Uh, thanks for thinking about uh, what to what to replant there. So I would pick some native trees. Uh, I don't know black locust, robinia. There's some there's some issues with that. Honey locust, uh, gladitia, uh, is a better tree than black locust. So I would think about that. But I was so you're in St. James. I would think about native trees, and then the water table. I think you said was too wet there. So you got to consider what trees are going to be uh, tolerant of variable soil conditions. I was and cottonwood. If the cottonwood is not doing well there, that could be a big issue because mm. that tree is pretty easy to grow in a wide variety of locations. So I would suggest you plant at least three different kinds of trees, ones that will do well on your site for great diversity and to minimize any disease problems. So. We have lots of um, additional information that's on the extension.umn.edu website. Um, so off the top of my head, what would I say? I would go with honey locust, which is gladitia. You might think about uh, oh, cladrastus. I'm trying to think of the, botan- the common name for that. But a diversity, you might consider an oak tree. 
um, as well. I Probably not maples for where your location is, but um, think about diversity and not just one kind. Okay. Thank you, Joe. 651-989-9226 or send a text if that's easier, 81807. Uh, here's a text, and we were going to do this anyway. Uh, Mary, would you please explain how to care for that new poinsettia or poinsettia, if you will? Now, which, how do you pronounce it? <laughs> uh, just a poinsettia. I okay. just say poinsettia. Right. Uh, but yeah, poinsettias are really easy to care for. Um, the main thing is they need a lot of water. So they have a big leaf, a thin leaf, and they take up a lot of water. So probably not every day you'll need to water them, but every three days, especially if your house is warm and especially if they're in good light conditions. They do like uh, sunlight. Sunlight on a poinsettia is fine. So good light near the window, but take take the pot to the sink. Take the foil off of it, water it, and let it drain well uh, in the sink. Uh, we we used to have the question about how do I keep my poinsettia alive. Now we have the question about what can I do with my poinsettia in March because it's still alive. Yeah. They last a long time. So the, the main thing is just uh, make sure you're watching it and try to water it before it wilts. All right. We have a birthday greeting or a wish. Uh, maybe you know this. Uh, uh, also, if you could say happy birthday to my mother, Becky who's a master gardener in Brainerd, Minnesota. That would be great. So oh, happy birthday, sure. Becky, in Becky, Brainerd. Becky, <laughs> yeah, thanks for all your work as a master gardener in Brainerd. That's wonderful. How many master gardeners do we have? Uh, Julie mentioned it. 2,300. Yeah, wow. Yes, 2,300 master gardeners across the state. And Becky working up there in Brainerd, I'm sure she's working on community projects, school projects to improve uh Things and to teach horticulture in her county. So Hennepin, where we have the most people, we have the most master gardeners. Sure. But all around the state, almost every county has master gardeners working with extension to uh, teach horticulture. So happy birthday, happy Becky. Happy birthday, Becky. Yes. Good deal. All right. 651-989-9226. Uh, if you have a question, call it in. We have a line open. You can use it. Uh, or text again, 81807. Mary, let's go back to the phones. Karen, I believe, is calling from Blaine. Karen, you're on CCO. Good morning. Yes, good morning. I'm looking forward to summer, and <laughs> I would like to find something to replace marigolds. I use them kind of different spots because they seem to grow well, and they, they last all summer. So can you suggest something besides the marigolds? Uh, yes, there are many other annuals that you can grow. Uh, the first one that comes to mind are zinnias. Uh, there are a lot of new, different zinnias that are out now, and many of the zinnias are great pollinator plants, so uh, butterflies are attracted to them. Lilliput zinnia is an old zinnia. It's a smaller flowered zinnia, not necessarily a really short plant, but a small flower. Um, in trials, that the, some of the first trials that were done comparing zinnias and attracting pollinators, Lilliput came out as one that attracted pollinators. But there are um, other types of zinnias that are great as well. Um, the other, another one that I would recommend is the uh, Catharanthus or the Vinca, the Vinca, Vinca plant. Uh, this is not the same as uh, Vinca vine, but it has a, a very nice flower, very uh, durable, very tough, very heat tolerant. So uh, that's another. I'm trying to remember the other common name for that uh, Catharanthus, but. 
There, there are a lot of alternatives that you can use. Your garden center has a lot of choices. Good. Thank you, Karen. Uh, let's see. There's a text. Uh, well, I know you wanted to follow up because we had a text about uh, uh, money plants as a house yes. plant. What, what's yeah. the story on that? So the money plant tree is a new, well, how new is new? It's a houseplant that's available now that the most characteristic thing about this is a braided stem. Mm. So probably many of our listeners have seen these plants. They're attractive, but there are three plants together, and the stems are braided, and then they have lush foliage up at the top. So the common name for this plant is uh, money plant tree, uh, but... Uh, Pachira aquatica is the botanical name. So it is nowhere near the same thing as that linaria that I was talking about, the silver dollar plant, which is an annual that's grown uh, for its everlasting flowers. But the money plant tree is probably, many of our listeners probably have that in their homes or have seen that in offices where it's tolerant of um, uh, low light conditions but does like a lot of water. So oh, that's the, the their this is the trouble we have with common names because you can be talking about silver dollar plant or money plant tree, two totally different plants, totally unrelated, and um, yet their common names are similar. Yeah, interesting. All right. Uh, Mike is calling in from Coon Rapids with a question, I believe. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. I have uh, discovered that I have emerald ash borer and... Uh, I think one tree is pretty well shot. Um, I was wondering if that Bayer um, treatment works. Well, I think we lost the call. Okay. Uh, the Bayer treatment works. It's preventative. So, um, and the commercial uh, arborists are using this treatment, and many people are saying you have a choice. Treat your trees or cut them down. So... It's a preventative, and once your tree has this, I would not use the chemical on your tree. You need to cut the tree down and remove it, and uh, the treatment is for trees that are not um, already infested with emerald ash borer. And that, uh, Mike, thank you for bringing this up. It's something we need to talk about regularly. The city of Plymouth, where I live, is actually has an incentive on now for people to cut down their ash trees mm. or treat them uh, one or the other. But they are offering replacement trees. Yes, well, the city of Plymouth is offering free replacement trees. If you have a qualifying ash, I think they're, they're talking about large trees, so seven inches, I think, or more in diameter. But check the website out. Check your local city uh, recommendations on uh, what to do with your ash tree because if you have a, a marginally healthy ash tree, it's very likely it will be infected first. So um, treat your trees or cut them down. Call the arborists um, and have them inspect your trees, and then uh, they can do the treatments if uh, your tree is not infected. All right, a text from Elk River Barb, I believe, says, uh, I have a Christmas cactus, large one, which for the first time is blooming only on a small portion of the plant. Any ideas what the problem is? Christmas cactus uh, will bloom if it's cold enough to set the buds 
or if the day's length is short. So we have, what, our shortest day of the year now today, right? This is a short day, according to uh, plants. But, of course, if we turn our lights on at night near the plant, it's no longer a short day. So the easiest thing is put these cactus in a cool room where the temperature is cool and it gets the normal day length, and we are not in there interfering with it. Then it will set buds. You can still do this today with your cactus if it has not set buds. Put it in a cool, short day place. Um, Barb, I, I, I think for some reason yours might have been cooler on one side. Was it closer to sure. the window? Was it near a draft or something? And so the buds set on that one side. But it's uh, cool temperatures or short days. This is the season of giving. And this texter says, my teenage daughter has discovered a love of container gardening, specifically veggies. Do you have any suggestions for holiday gifts that may be unique and helpful for her? Isn't this wonderful? This is really cool. This is a reason to go to your garden center. So veggies in your house in the winter, that's really a challenge. I would go with the leafy crops, uh, things like lettuce, all of the herbs, many of our herbs you can grow indoors. I just wrote an article on growing rosemary indoors. That's been a challenge for me, but uh, Teresa Meisler from Shady um, Acres, uh, or Shady, what's the herb farm? Shady, Shady Acres, Shady Anyway, she's up there. <laughs> she's up there. There was Shady Oaks, Shady Acres. She's um, a great expert on rosemary. So herbs is a good way to go uh, for your daughter. Uh, you could also put together a packet of seeds, uh, containers, potting soil that your daughter could start as the days get longer um, and we get closer to uh, growing transplants that we can put outdoors. But it's a great thing to think about for gifts. My daughter, uh, one of my daughters, asked for floor plants. Floor so, plants. Floor plants. So this is a large oh. indoor potted plant that can add to her uh, living room, sure. her dining room, and so on. So this, I thought this is wonderful. So I've been checking out garden centers, looking at big plants because – uh, young people today like green plants. I mean, we should all have more green plants. So it's a great gift for uh, this time of year. At, or any time. Any time of, yeah. of year, right. All right. Mary, hang on. We'll take a quick break here. If you have a lawn or garden question, still some time, but don't wait. Uh, Mary will be here for about another oh, 10 minutes or so. Call us or text us, 651-989-9226, or send a text, 81807. We'll grab more of those when we come back. 25 degrees in the Twin Cities on a way to 31. We're in the midst of our Smart Garden Show. Danny Long here with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. Mary, we earlier were talking, as we always like to do, about visiting the Arboretum. But somebody, a texter, wanted to know what's the fee, the gate fee, as they call it. Uh, yes, I think the gate fee is $12. $12 for adults now. Um, it's 12 maybe 15 But if free children are free. Oh, they are. So oh, children good. under 16 are free. And then uh, it's a great time to buy a membership at the Arboretum or give a membership as a gift because you can come when you're a member, you can come all year. We have many events like this with the lighting where members get in free. There is no extra charge uh-huh. for that. 
um, last, was it last weekend or two weekends ago, we had a big winter market out there. We have the auxiliaries festivals where there are things uh, for sale. We have the plant sale in the spring. So that year-round, there's lots to do and see at the Arboretum. So a membership is a great gift. You can get individual membership. You can get dual. You can get uh, large uh, family memberships. So it's very... Uh, very uh, well priced yeah, for families. For what you right. get now, yeah. are there uh, master gardeners there occasionally? Yes, uh, I'm not sure now in the winter time, but s- uh, some weekends, like ten to two in the Great Hall, uh, you can find a live master gardener. You can always go online. Ask an expert with the master gardeners is always online. That's uh, one of the links that's on our extension.umn.edu website. Uh, but check the Arboretum website for when the master gardeners are actually live so if you wanted to take a picture of that vine you know we had the caller earlier mm-hmm. uh, that couldn't john couldn't uh, wasn't sure what his vine was if he takes a picture of it um of course now in the winter that would be hard wouldn't it yes yes <laughs> right. but uh, at any time <laughs> when you're thinking about that um take a picture on your phone you can go in and see a master gardener you can take a picture a sample of your plant if you're wondering what plant is this or how to care for it live at the arboretum uh, usually the weekends but always online. Okay, very good. A texter, by the way, if you want to send Mary a text, 81807. Should I continue to fertilize my houseplants every two weeks now in the winter? It depends on how they're growing and what plants they are. I find that my citrus plants are very heavy feeders, and they can, they're blooming now. Citrus is blooming in Minnesota. The Meyer lemons, the calamond and oranges and so on. These are really fun house plants to go to grow. Those I do keep fertilizing, maybe not every two weeks, but uh, certainly once a month if they're actively growing once a month. Otherwise, uh, you can uh, uh, stop fertilizing when they're inside. I uh, have to say that I, I've never, as I recall, used grow lights before. But when we brought in the Meyer lemon tree, into I thought oh it's a perfect spot I think I'm going to go I buy some I want to tell you something it is thriving oh, and you're good. right it's got all these little white the flowers they smell yeah. great yeah. This, you know a citrus are very fragrant so when they flower you you're in the room with them and they're flowering you can smell that so it's a wonderful thing to have uh, in your home in the winter absolutely. So Bachman's, the flagship at Bachman's, I remember one day, and I'm not sure what they have today, but the flagship store down in Lindale with Bachman's had a huge selection of Meyer lemons when I went in there mm. a while ago. So they are a, a, a citrus you can buy locally. Maybe not today, but think about that for the future. I think that's where Sandy mm-hmm. bought uh, ours, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. could be. Mm-hmm. Best way to water poinsettias from top or bottom? Uh, I always do from the top, even though these plants are big and they're large. I like to give the pot quite a bit of water and then let it drain in the sink to make sure that it's fully wet. So if it's from the bottom, that's a little bit more difficult. It's trickier. So I prefer the top. All right. We got a lot of text messages. Should a tree peony be pruned and why didn't my tree peonies bloom last spring? Uh, not, I don't think pruning is a limiting factor for the tree peonies. It's usually sun conditions or lack of fertilizer. So if it's bloomed other years, I would say lack of fertilizer. If it's never bloomed, you want to consider whether or not you've planted this too deep or if you have it in a location that's too shady. Okay. 
Let's see who is next. Uh, trying to propagate a philodendron plant. Leaves and roots keep turning black rather than sprouting new roots. Any advice? This is a bad sign. Black leaves and so on means they're dying. The roots are dying. Is your plant too wet? That would be the first thing that I'm thinking about. It sounds like a, a rotting situation or decaying situation, so that's not good. But this is propagation. So this person is taking a cutting, and I assume it's the cutting that's dying. So tr- keep trying. Uh, minimize the amount of uh, um, leaves you have. So just a couple, very few, or even a half a leaf or two up there. And maybe try putting it in a plastic bag. See if that will keep the humidity high while it roots. All right, let's go back to the phones, Mary. Julie, I believe, is calling in from Rosemount with a question. Julie, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning. A couple years ago, I bought some coffee plants from Hawaii. And didn't think they would grow, but they're thriving. And I've got beans on them, and I was wondering, how long does it take for those to get red? And they're three feet tall. How do I contain them so that they don't take over the house? Oh, my gosh, Julie, good for you. I have never talked to anybody that grew coffee and had beans in Minnesota. So now probably a flurry of listeners will call in and say they've done it. Good for you. I do not know how to tell when those beans are ripe. I would look for the answer online. Coffee is a tropical plant. It's a, it needs shade. It, it grows into shade, but it's definitely tropical. It will not grow outside at all in Minnesota. You've got to keep it growing indoors, put it outside in the summer. That's probably what you've done. Good for you. I would say to keep it, those they're three feet tall. Did she say she? So you have to do some pruning up at the top and try to get the uh, lower um, uh, nodes to uh, have additional shoots on them. All right, Julie, thank you. Thanks wow. for the call. Uh, let's see. We've, again, we have a number of text messages I don't want to forget about. Here's one. I planted a very bedraggled poinsettia in our vegetable garden last summer, and it grew like crazy. It was huge and beautiful, but I did not get it inside before the freeze. I'm trying again this year. I guess is a comment more than a question. Yes. Uh, so poinsettia is a shrub. It's, you know, a four five-foot shrub that we see outdoors in uh, frost-free areas and, of course, Mexico where it's native. So, yes, uh, the only thing I will say is that you've got to have a big pot when you bring this indoors. And, yes, do it before the frost. And I think somebody, maybe one of your colleagues, as you mentioned, you thought the uh, the fee at the Arboretum was either 12 or 15, and this texter says it's 15. 15. Thank you okay. for looking that yeah, up. Yes. Yeah, good. used to be 12, but I know that it has changed. Thank you. Uh, texter says, my, you're going to have to help me on this, my Croton Petra is not growing. Does that ring a bell? No, it's probably a house plant. Occasionally loses a leaf. What should I do uh, to help it grow and be beautiful? Um, can't help you there. No, I, yeah. The first thing in plant care is know what your plant is. Yes, and I'm sorry, I don't know that house plant, or maybe maybe I do know it by a common name. But house plants in the winter in Minnesota need as much light as possible. You have to be careful to not overwater them. Water when the soil feels dry, but as much light as possible. Always let the water drain out the bottom. And there's something I was hoping to do if we did lose more snow. Texas says, can I winter seed? my lawn now with no snow. Yes, you can. Yeah, the dormant yeah, seeding can can be done now. So the, the seed will not germinate. It will settle down in there. 
Uh, we try to do this in November, uh, but dormant seeding, sometimes you read about this with a light covering of snow. You don't want it to wash away. So you want to have much more soil there than you do snow. One more quick text, Mary. Texas uh, says, I recently purchased a home with a giant 14 to 16 foot arborvitae on the property corner. Uh, they give great privacy, but have, haven't been maintained. They have no green inside. How can I prune it to look good? Well, uh, carefully, I guess. But arborvitaes are, are easy. Um, they, they will take a lot of pruning and still survive. But I, I would gradually cut them back from the outside in and try to always um, have it wider at the base than it is at the top because that will allow more light to come into it. So I would start taking off minimal amounts at a time. Don't do drastic pruning. And uh, you can prune this now in the wintertime when mm. the plant is totally dormant. You can do some pruning. Um, but I would, I would do some reading and think about what overall shape you want for the plant if you've got the right equipment or maybe if you need to call a, an arborist for a big plant like this. Good idea. Seconds to go. Let's give the website. Yes, extension.umn.edu. Click on Yard and Garden for all your garden questions. Try to get to the Arboretum. See yes. the wonderful light display. You will love it and want to return again and again. again. Mary. Merry Christmas. Thank Great you to so be much. here, Danny. Yeah, we'll see Mary again soon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.